this tremendous breakthrough. And, and I, this popped up, Pastor Gary, and this is from Friday, October the 8th, 2010. It's a prophecy spoken by Dean Sykes to you. And it said, Pastor, the Lord just spoke to me for you in your ministry. There is tremendous breakthrough across the entire nation with your name written all over it. You've sown and you've sown and you've sown and you've sown. January 1st begins your year of harvest and it's effortless. And he said effortless. January the 1st. It doesn't matter what the date is. It's today. This January the 1st. Because it says that we need to, okay, uh, Second Chronicles 2020, King James, let's go there. You know it, but let's go there. Because there's something, there's something to this prophecy that was spoken. Because it says, believe in the Lord your God so you shall be established, but believe his prophets and you will prosper. You will prosper. Effortless. Tremendous. Those were the words that he used. And, and effortless, something that's effortless and it's tremendous, it equals breakthrough. It, it really does. In the New Living Translation, it says, uh, believe in the Lord your God, you'll be able to stand firm. You're going to stand firm and believe his prophets, you will succeed. The message, it says, believe firmly in God your God, your lives will be firm. And it says, lives, uh, everything that you put your hand to will be firm. It'll be solid. This will be your, like, this is your time. This is your season. Amen. It says, believe in your prophets. You'll come out on top. That's good. Come on now. Uh, let's go to 1 Timothy 1.18, please. King James Version. 1 Timothy 1.18. Hallelujah. I like that. Effortless, tremendous breakthrough. And we qualify. Amen. And it says, this charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies, that one, and there's been a whole pile of other ones, but this one in particular, that which went on before you, that you might war a, a, a good warfare. It doesn't say a bad warfare. It doesn't say something that you're going to lose. You're going to win. Holding faith and good conscience, which some having put away concerning faith, don't put your faith away. This is what he's saying, have made shipwreck. In the New Century Version, it says, Timothy, my child, I'm giving you a command that agrees with the prophecies that were given about you. I like that. I've given you a command about the prophecies that were given about you. And if it's about you, it's about us. As goes ahead, so goes the church. Amen. Amen. So you need to be warring these, war, these prophecies as well. War in a good warfare and say, okay, oh yeah, come on now. This is our year, Pastor. Come on, we're gonna get this thing. This is our year. Amen. He said, I'm giving you command that agrees with the prophecies that were given about you. There's prophecies given about you, spoken about you. And I started digging up the ones that were spoken about me, and it was like, ooh, ooh, there's movement. There's, but I keep them up on my wall, so when I look up on my computer, they're right there. Keep them before, you gotta, come on, if you bury them, if you bury the prophecies that were spoken over you, what's gonna happen? Nothing. Keep them in front. He says, I'm giving you a command that agrees with the prophecies that were, spoke, that were given about you in the past. 
I tell you this so you can follow them and fight the good fight, continue to have faith, and do what you know is right. Do what you know. Do what you know. We know what to do. Come on. It's called continue. You continue in what you know. What do we know? Oh, we know that the church is open on Thursday. We know that the church is open on Sunday. We know that Jesus is Lord. God is good. The devil's crazy. Continue. Woo. <laughs> it says some of the people have rejected this and the faith has been shipwrecked. Listen to this in the, in the today's English version. It says, Timothy, my child, I entrust to you this command, which is in accordance with the words of prophecy spoken in the past about you. Listen to this. Use those words as weapons in order to fight well. Use those prophecies as weapons to fight well. Amen. Amen. Devil says you're going under. <laughs> I got paper. Come on now. <laughs> Back in the day, people used to say, man, I made it to paper. That means you're famous. But we got something, you know. <laughs> we got something better, better, better than that. It says, use those words as weapons in order to fight well. And keep your faith and a clear conscience. Keep your conscience clear. What is that? Just 1 John 1, 9, over and over and over. Hey, take as needed. Some men have not listened to their conscience and have made a ruin of their faith. That's how you ruin your faith. Listen to those silly things. 2 Timothy 1, verse 5. King James, please. 2 Timothy 1, 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith which is in you, and anybody know what unfeigned means? Right? Me too. I was looking to go, um, <laughs> so I had to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> Unfeigned means sincere, genuine, real, true, honest, and authentic. So, authentic faith. That's what we have. That is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded that in you also. Wherefore, I put you into remembrance that you... You got to stir up that gift. How do you stir up your gift? Read those prophecies. Read them over. Over and over and over, especially when things aren't looking good. Double up, right? Triple up if you have to. It says, stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. He put his hands on him. Sometimes you need to come to the front and have the leadership put their hands on you. To stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. Sometimes the embers just need a little, just a little stir. Just like in a fireplace, you stir that up and all of a sudden that thing turns roaring, right? It says, stir up the gift of God which is in you by the putting on of my hands. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but he has given us a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Not a demented mind. Mm, mm, mm. In the New Living, it says to fan, I remind you, to fan into flames the spiritual gift. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but a power of love and self-discipline. So if you have a spirit of self-discipline, 
that's been downloaded on the inside of you, when it comes to coming up with the things for 2024, you've got enough self-discipline to get it through. And it's just not going to be a, a resolution. It's going to be a solution. It's going to be a divine fact. It's going to be a, hey, you know what? I have a spirit of self-discipline on the inside of me. I can do this. I can get up early. I can do what I need to do. I can push away what I need to push away. Or whatever it is that, that you know that you need to do, that God's telling you to do to have a successful 2024, well, well, you got to, he's giving you a, a spirit of self-discipline to get, her, get the job done. Mm-hmm. And the message just says, uh, that special gift of ministry you see when I laid my hands on you and prayed, keep that ablaze. Keep it Stay fired up. Stay excited. Right? Come to church excited. Don't just come to church. Oh, I'm going to go to church again. Praise the Lord. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Get excited. Yeah. It's like, hey, man, you know what? I, there's a word waiting for me today. Maybe I have a word to give some, to somebody else this time. It's not going to be just about me. Right? It's not just about me. But it is, but it's not. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I looked up some words out of the American Heritage Dictionary of the English language. And because and, we're talking about effortless, tremendous breakthrough. Effortless means requiring no or little effort, something that's easy, posing no difficulty. So if it's going to be effortless, it's going to be an easy job, an easy problem, an easy victory. Something that's simple, smooth, painless, uncomplicated, easy peasy. Come on, that's step one. It's going to be easy peasy. And a breakthrough is, a, I like this one, a breakthrough, a military movement or advance all the way through and beyond an enemy's frontline defense. All the way, not just up to it, but, all the, but through it. Smash that thing. Whatever it is, that barrier that's trying to hold you back, you, come on now, there's an effortless, tremendous breakthrough that's going to break through that thing and smash it. Come on. Oh, yeah. And it says it's an act of overcoming or penetrating an obstacle or restriction, a major achievement or success. Come on, you're going to have a major achievement and success this year. This year. I'm expecting some major things to happen. There are some really cool things that happened in 2023. Glory to God, but I want more. I want more. Come on, God is a God, is a God of more and much and abundant and Ex exceedingly abundantly, yeah. Not just exceeding. Exceeding is cool. But you throw some abundant on that. A major achievement or success that will allow further progress. So these are steps. There's going to be major achievements, major successes that's going to have you progress further than what you've ever been before. Mm-hmm. Amen. Any significant or sudden advanced development or increase that removes a barrier to progress. There's barriers here that are trying to stop our progress. That's going to be removed. Yeah, hey, hey. Come on now. That's a breakthrough. Come on, that's, and, and it's, and it took you some effort. It took you some effort, but it's going to be effortless. And it is tremendous. You're here. Amen. Come on now. Yeah. Your heart's not troubled anymore. Praise the Lord. So effortless and tremendous breakthrough. Doesn't that sound like it's go time? It sounds like it's go time for us. 
And it's about time. Right? It's long overdue. Let's, yeah. Amen. Due season. It is time. Let's go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Pastor's been all over this verse, and I, and I like it. I like it a lot. Matthew eleven twenty eight. King James, please. And Jesus speaking, he said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Take my yoke. I remember I, I, it, was, it wasn't a, uh, an open vision as, you, as per se, but I saw in my mind's eye, this is back when Pastor was talking about this. We were over on 110 Thorn Avenue. He was walking around the front on the, on the floor, and he was over by the side where we were, by the wall. And when he started taking my yoke, I could see Jesus' arm as a yoke around him as he's walking. He said, okay, I'm gonna, we're going to go for a walk, and I'm going to walk you over to here because there's some stuff over there that you don't need. There's a trap over here. Come this way. And he just started walking and walking. Come on now. His yoke is easy and light. So he's going to, you're just going for a walk. Just like back in, Gen, we're going through Genesis now, in the cool of the day. The cool of the day. Why? Because God is cool. <laughs> so hang out. Yeah. So hang out. He said, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I'm meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your souls, your mind, your will, and your emotions. Right? For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Light. One of three passion verses. Number one. Are you weary carrying a heavy burden? It says, come unto me. I'll refresh your life. I am your oasis. Come take a drink. Simply join your life with mine. Learn my ways and you'll discover that I'm gentle. I'm humble. I'm easy to, pl- easy to please. Easy to please. You don't have, it's not a work. It's not a struggle. He said it's easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me. For all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. What, I don't have to go pound on 50 doors a day? No. Crawl on my knees and bust a glass? No. Do you like those people do in the Philippines around Easter? They crucify themselves. They, they whip themselves. Have you, ever, you never seen that? Oh, yeah. It, it's it's crazy. Yeah, because they... they they, they go through crucifixions and stuff, and, and just because Jesus suffered, they think they need to. No, no, he did all the suffering we're ever going to need. Amen? And he, 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 come on now, we can walk free and easy. Free and easy. And, but the thing about it is that we need each other, and we need each person to be present and in their place. We need you to be present, and we need you to be in your place. Um, Ephesians 4.16, New Living Translation, please. Ephesians 4.16. You need to be present, and you need to be in your place. It's a good place to be. It says, verse 16, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, this is why you need to be present and in your place. There is a special work that only you can do. I can't do it. Pastor can't do it. Justin can't do it, although he can do almost every, any other thing you can think of. Between him and Jordan, come on now. You can, what do you need? 
<laughs> He's like the builder of all things, both of them, right? <laughs> but it says, as each part does its own special work, it helps the other parts grow. So as I do my stuff, it's going to help you, Cyril, grow. As you do your stuff, man, it's going to help Jim's stuff grow. Come on now. That's how this works. This is why you have to be present so you can be <laughs> help somebody else get their, get their job done. Amen. New Century Version says, the whole body depends on Christ, and all the parts of the body are joined and held together. Each part does its own work to make the whole body grow. So when everybody's here, we grow. I know they, they say that, you know, if you want the church to double, just every, each one bring one. I know it's deep, but it, but, it, but it works. It works. Just one. It says, as each part does its own, special, uh, own work to make the whole body grow, they'll be strong with love. See, when, I, when, I, when I'm concentrating on helping you fulfill your vision, because I, I want you to, because I love you, and I want you to fulfill your vision, well, you're going to want to help somebody else because you love that person to fulfill their vision. This whole thing is all motivated by love. I want to see you succeed. Why? Because that's, that's how we're built. In today's English version, it says, under his control, all the different parts of the body fit together. This body, all the different parts fit. You might not fit in some other body because you're called here. It's like trying to read somebody else's Bible. It doesn't fit. You can't find stuff. I try to look in somebody else's Bible, John 3.16, I can never find it. It's like, where is, but in mine, I could just pick it up and just go anywhere and just, and why? Because this thing is alive. It'll talk to you. If you need a word for the day, Come on. Woo. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> wow, that's a good one. Okay, so yeah, but it's true. <laughs> and it works. Um, today's English, under his control, all the different parts of the body fit together, and the whole body is held together by every joint with which it is provided. This is one here. So when each separate work parts, or each separate part works as it should, as each part works as it should. When you show up on time, earlier is better. <laughs> Amen. I used to tell them, if you show up on time, you're late. <laughs> That's just me. But when each separate part works as it should, the whole body grows and builds itself up through love. This whole thing is all motivated through love. God works through love. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Come on, he's into completion. No, it's not. No, no, it's completion. Amen. Exodus 18, verse 13. We're going to read this out of the message, please. A couple of verses. <laughs> You'll have to read it off the screen. Exodus 18, 13, the message Bible. It says, the next day Moses took his place to judge the people. People were standing before him all day long from morning to night. When Moses' father-in-law saw all that he was doing for the people, I like what it says in the, in the King James, doing to the people. Uh -huh. He said, what's going on here? Why are you doing all this and all by yourself? Letting everybody line up before you from morning to night. Verse 15, when Moses, Moses said to his father-in-law, because the people come to me with questions about God, when something comes up, they come to me. I judge between a man and his neighbor and teach them God's laws and instructions. 
That's a lot of stuff. Three million people, remember, right? Yeah, and they don't like you <laughs> at all. <laughs> Verse 17, Moses' father-in-law, thank God for wisdom. Thank God for wisdom. His father-in-law said, this is no way to go about it. You'll burn out. And the people right along with you. So come on, this is a two-edged sword. He's going to burn out and the people are going to burn out. What do you have? Nothing. Burn out. This is way too much for you. You can't do this alone. I said, you can't do this alone. Pastor can't do this alone. New Covenant Ministries cannot do this alone. Now listen to me. Listen to me. Linda, Listen. It says, let me tell you how to do this so God will be with in this with you. So God will be in this with you. Come on. Be there for the people before God. Pastor's job. Be there for the people before God. Let the matters of concern be presented to God. Your job is to teach them the rules and instructions, to show them how to live and what to do. And then you need to keep a sharp I owe for competent men. This is why we look around for leaders. Men who fear God, men of integrity, men who are incorruptible, and women, and appoint them as leaders over groups organized by the thousand, by the hundred, by fifty, and by ten. And they'll be responsible for the everyday work of judging among the people. The pastor's not going to be out there changing your tires. Babysitting your little chillins. Not his job. They'll bring the hard cases to you, but in the routine cases, they'll be the judges. They will share your load. Come on. They will share your load, and, the, and that'll make it easier for you. If you handle you, the work this way, you'll have the strength to carry out whatever God commands you, and the people in their settings will flourish also. So, he's going to be easy. You're going to be easy. Flourish, flourish, boom. Amen. Numbers 11, 11 in the message, please. Numbers 11, 11. Moses said to God, why are you treating me this way? What did I ever do? He's talking to God. Have you, have you done this before? Have you talked to him like that? Oh, there's been times. It's like, what? what are you doing? Why are you treating me this way? What did I ever do to you to deserve these people? Did I conceive them? Was I their mother? So why dump the responsibility of these people on me? This is a pastor having a real bad day. It's a Monday. Yeah. These sheep got teeth. Have you ever been sheep bit? I'll tell you what. <laughs> it says, why dump the responsibility of these people on me? Why tell me to carry them around like a nursing mother? Carry them all the way to the land you, you promised their ancestors. And where am I supposed to get meat for all these people who are whining to me? Who's whining right now? <laughs> Give us meat. We want meat. There's nothing wrong with that. We're carnivores by trade. I like it. Verse 14. I can't do this by myself. It's too much. All these people. If this is how you intend to treat me, then do me a favor and kill me. Come on. Have you, I'll tell you what. I've, I've talked to people that have been that frustrated in the ministry because they're doing way too much and they had nobody helping them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is not isolated incidents. Huh. 
35% of the churches that closed during COVID never opened again. That's horrible. Horrible. What about those people? Where are they? Yeah. Scattered, right? But this is why we are in effortless, tremendous breakthrough. This year is going to happen. This year is going to happen. <laughs> he says, do me a favor and kill me. I've seen enough. I've had enough. Let me out of here. God said to Moses, he didn't even listen to that. Thank God. You know, he doesn't listen to our whining. Aren't you glad? Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's so good. Yes, yeah, it's just burger and cries. And it's just like, wow. <laughs> no, you don't hear that. God said to Moses, gather together 70 men from among the leaders of Israel, men whom you know to be respected and responsible. Take them to the tent of meeting, church. I'll meet you there. I'll come down and speak with you. And I'll take some of the spirit that is on you and place it on them. And they, <laughs> they then will be able to take some of the load off of this people. You won't have to carry the whole thing alone. But my question to you is, what happened to the first group of the, eight, of the leaders in Exodus 18? If you had to pick new ones, <laughs> what happened to those original ones? <laughs> Where'd they go? <laughs> to a happy, yeah, they went to a happy place. Yeah. <laughs> so think about this. So um, there is so much power that's available in a partnership. And when you join a church or a ministry and you become actively, actively involved, not just come in and, and just come in, um, sit, but actively involved, um, you can expect the Spirit of the Lord to help you fulfill whatever it is that you're called to do. Come on now. He will look after your business when you look after his business. And <laughs> I read this in a, in, uh, the other day. Your provision, your provision will come with God's vision. When you run with his vision, your provision for his vision will come. So we don't have to write crisis letters. We don't have, really, you don't have to, you don't have to go out there begging and, and having a nothing. No, no, no. Because we're taking care of his business. But you must have a vision first. You got to have a vision. If you don't have a vision, without a vision, people perish. Without people, the vision perishes, right? So, <laughs> individually, I like this. Uh, let's go to 1 Kings 19, 19, please. King James. You see scenes of where you where you place yourself there in the Bible. You know where you are, you know where you fit. This is individually. First Kings 19, 19. King James. So he departed from there and he found Elisha, the son of Saphat, uh, who was plowing with twelve yoke of oxen before him. And, and he with the twelfth, and Elijah passed him by and cast his mantle on him, and he left the oxen and ran after Elijah and said, Let me, I pray thee, kiss my father and my mother, and then I'll follow you. And he said unto him, Go back again, for what have I done to you? And he returned back from him and took a yoke of oxen, slew them, boiled their flesh with the instruments of the oxen, the yokes, and everything else, gave unto the people, and they did eat. Then he arose and went after Elijah, and Elijah ministered to him. 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, King James. That's how he started. 
And it says, Jehoshaphat said, is there not a prophet of the Lord that we may inquire of the Lord by him? And one of the king, uh, kings of Israel's servants said, uh, here's Elisha, the son of Shaphat, uh, which poured water on the hands of Elijah. That's what he was known for. And Jehoshaphat said, the word of the Lord is with him. And so the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. And, and as I was reading that, I thought, you know what? Many, many years, I was a, known as a guy that hung out with Pastor Gary Hooper. I was we, still am we, still am we. But there's a kind of time where, where, where all of a sudden I'm starting to do other things on my own because I have served 30 plus years. Yeah. But it's like, this is what God will do, but I'm still pouring the hand. I'm still pouring the water. Even though I'm doing little things on my own, I'm still pouring the water. I know where, <laughs> I know whose hands I need to water. I don't forget. Uh-huh. Uh, verse, uh, second Kings verse two, verse, uh, chapter two, verse nine. And it came to pass when they're gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, ask what I should do for you before I be taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray thee, let a double portion of your spirit be on me. Well, he served. He can ask for that. When you serve, you can ask for that and expect it. And he said, you've asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taken from you, which means don't leave, don't leave. If you see me when I'm taken, it shall, be a, it shall be so unto you. But if not, it shall not be so. In other words, you need to stay by me. Don't you leave. I don't speaking. Somebody. Somebody. Now for corporately, that was individual. Corporately, Acts, Acts chapter 6, verse 1. Um, King James. In those days when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Serve tables. Wherefore, brethren, look, out, look ye among, uh, among you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Don't just be full of the Holy Ghost and no wisdom. They're just sitting around going, <laughs> No. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Whom we appoint over this business. This business, what's the business? Serving the people. We will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Ghost, and Philip and Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, Antioch, whom they set before the apostles, and when they prayed, laid their hands on them. The word of God increased. See, the word of God is going to increase. The number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. A great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Corporately. That's you guys. Get ready. There's going to be... Pastor is talking about there's an invasion that, from the spirit realm that is eminent. It is eminent. Amen. Second Chronicles 28. Uh, verse 20 in it, today's English version Bible, getting ready to close. Um, David said to his son Solomon, be confident, be determined, start the work. 
Don't let anything stop you. The Lord God, who, I'm, who I serve, will be with you. He will not abandon you. He will stay with you until you finish the work to be done. We have a job to do. And we're not checking out early. I said we're not checking out early. No, no, we will see to it to the end. 21, the priests and the Levites have been assigned duties to perform in the temple. You all have been assigned duties. If you don't have any, we'll, we're gonna, we'll find you something to do. You need to be doing something in this temple. Why? Because of ownership. Because you, it brings, when, when you take ownership of this and say, okay, you know what? This is not pastor's ministry. This is my ministry. It's your ministry. Well, then you're going to show up. Hands are for helping. Pastor used to say uh, years ago, if everybody's hand is on the oar, we go faster. Right? Amen? <laughs> Workmen, with every kind of skill are eager to help you, and all the people and their leaders are at your command. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Proverbs 22, verse 29. New King James. Do you see a person who excels in his work? He'll stand before kings. He'll not stand before unknown men. Message says, observe people who are good at their work. Skilled workers are always in demand and admired. They don't take a backseat to anyone. <laughs> Today's English. Show me a man who does a good job, and I'll show you a man who is better than most. Ah, come on. We see the, come on. I, I've seen Justin and Jordan. I can use those guys for examples. They have excelled. Red Seal. They didn't start that way, but because they're, they're, they just set the bar, and now they've set a bar at Lindsay's, right? Bam. And it says, I'll show you a man who is better than most. And <laughs> Why are they in leadership? Why? Because. And the worthy of company of kings. <laughs> Ephesians 3.20, the Passion Translation. We're going to close with this. Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all of this. He's going to do it. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and, your ex and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Now we offer up to God that all the glorious praise that rises from every church and every generation through Jesus Christ and all that will yet be manifest through time and eternity. That prophecy. Pastor, the Lord just spoke to me about you and your ministry. There is tremendous breakthrough across the entire nation with your name written all over it. You've sown and you've sown and you've sown and you've sown. And still sowing. January 1st begins your year of harvest, effortless, effortless. Say this, in 2024, my year of harvest will be effortless, easy, painless, trouble-free, a victory that's tremendous. It's extraordinary. It's beyond ordinary. It's extreme in power. Extreme in anointing. Extreme. Come on. Extreme in anointing. We're going to need it. Extreme in finances. Extreme in impact.
I will break through. I will advance all the way through and go beyond the enemy's front line with a high, with a sudden, highly significant advance that will remove barriers, allowing further progress for myself, for my family, for my church, and the world around me. January 1st begins my year of harvest. This is my year for effortless, tremendous breakthrough. In Jesus' name. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.